Good morning on May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, 2020, for another episode of It May Be A Good Time To Listen. This episode is called To God Be The Glory. Let's have a short word of prayer. Lord God, so many people looking for hope, looking for a way out. This is the time for those of us who say we know Christ to stand up and be that light and be that salt of the earth that we're supposed to be in the light of the world. People need to see that everybody not falling apart the seams, but some people are holding on and believing you. Lord God, things are changing, things have changed. You're knocking on our door. Let's listen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Lord is knocking on our door like never before. People may say, well, how come when there's something like this, or you so-called saved people and uh, born-again people, you always believe that there's something from God? Well, this time, this time, you better pay attention. This time is for real. I'm not saying every single side of everything comes from, from God and that he's doing He's always knocking on our door. The question is, are we going to answer it? He's hitting Revelation 3 and 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open, I'll come in and sup with him and him with me. So, God is always knocking on the door. I think he's always listening. Now, some of these verses may seem kind of rough, but there's a lot of hope in them. Well, this first one has a lot of hope in it. It says, For no one is cast off by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love. But he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to anyone. To crush underfoot all the prisoners of the land, to deny people their rights before the Most High, to deprive them of justice. Would not the Lord say such things? Who can speak and have it happen if the Lord has not decreed it? Excuse me, if the Lord has not decreed it? Is it not from the mouth of the Most High? Now both calamities and good things come. That's Lamentations chapter 3, verses 31 to 38 from the NLV. Hear the last sentence. Is it not from the mouth of the Most High that both calamities and good things come? So you gotta understand. God is not one or the other. He's not all mean all the time. But anytime, he's not all loving all the time. He's both. When man sins and keeps sinning and 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 uh, constantly intends to keep going on sinning, God doesn't like to bring calamity. But if man refuses to turn, he's gonna bring it for what reason? To wake us up. Not because he's mean. Not because he can't stand us. Just the opposite. He loves us very much. Now you see the first sentence. For no one is cast off by the Lord forever. 
in the last sentence, like once again, is it not from the mouth of the Most High that both calamities and good things come? So the Son of God is good, but He does send calamities at the right time to wake us up. Now, somebody might ask, Yeah, you say all that, but why should you both be glad when all this is upon us? You know, the coronavirus, millions of jobs lost, farmers having to throw away food, food banks around the world running out of food, global warming is still happening, politicians and media are still playing gotcha with either other, and of course there's more going on. Well, in short, we have a date with God. Now let's be clear, if you're a saved person, you have nothing to worry about. If you're saved, you have nothing to worry about. God has you covered. However, everyone should know this. This is from 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 to 7, from the NLT. I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come. Was a scoffer a mocker? Mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forget that God made the heaven long ago by the word of his command. And he brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Then he used the water to destroy the earth with a mighty flood. <clears throat> and by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment, and ungodly people will be destroyed. He said, what? Yeah, so this earth right now is in store. It's in like sitting in storage. It's just waiting to be destroyed. God is going to take the righteous people off. And the unrighteous people are going to remain. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now also, Jeremiah, is it? no, I'm sorry, Isaiah, chapter 24, verse 1 to 6 from the NLT. The Lord says, look, the Lord is about to destroy the earth and make it a vast wasteland. He devastates the surface of the earth and scatters his people. Priests and lay people, servants and masters, excuse me, maids and mistresses, buyers and sellers, lenders and borrowers, borrowers, bankers and debtors. None will be spared. The earth will be completely emptied and looted. The Lord has spoken. The earth mourns and dries up, and the land wastes away and withers. Even the greatest people on earth waste away. The earth suffers for the sins of its people, for they have twisted God's instructions, violated his laws, and broken his everlasting covenant. Therefore, a curse consumes the earth. Its people must pay the price for their sin. They are destroyed by fire, and only a few are left alive. Oh, this is so gloomy, dude. This is so, this is so fire and brimstone. This is, oh, I don't want to hear this. It's in the same Bible 
as for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's in the same Bible. So you can't decide, we, we can't decide as people, well, I'm only going to take the part I like and I want to hear the rest. No. Doesn't the Bible say that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God? Well, then I have to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And in the middle of this, he says, the Lord has spoken. So that means I have to listen to it. I can't pick and choose. This isn't a buffet line. I can't say, give me the chicken and the steak and the potatoes and a, and a little bit of collard greens, but leave off the uh, squash and the broccoli and leave off, uh, I don't want that. I don't want, you can't do that with God's word. You have to eat the whole thing. Ezekiel had to eat the whole roll and John had to eat, the, John the Revelator had to eat the whole roll. So, so do we. We gotta eat all God's word. Now, you say, well, why is this coming on? Well, the earth suffers for the sin. Yes, that, that thing I said before about when I give that list, when people said everything that's wrong, the coronavirus, millions of jobs lost, farmers having to throw away food, food banks around the world running out of food, global warming is still happening, politicians and the media are still playing gotcha with each other, and of course, there's, there's more going on. So what's so what's going on? It has nothing to do with the Bible. Well, okay. Just keep living, like I always say. Like my ex, ex assistant pastor used to say, just keep living. And one time she was going up a flight of stairs. She was young, kind of, she was up to an age. And all these young kids ran past the rough ass. You know, like, move out the way, Grandma. And she told him, she said, well, just keep living. You know, one day you're going to get old. If nothing happens to you, one day you're going to get old and you're going to feel it. You're not going to be able to run up and down stairs like you used to. I'm a witness to that. <clears throat> so he said, well, why does all this stuff happen? Well, the earth suffers for the sins of its people. For they have twisted God's instructions, violated his laws, and broken his everlasting covenant. Therefore, a curse consumes the earth. Its people must pay the price for their sin. They're destroyed by fire, and only a few are left. And he said, where's, where's the fire coming? Well, I just told you about Second Peter, about uh, by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stood up for fire. So they see if those two go together, Old Testament, New Testament. They are being kept for the day of judgment when all godly people will be destroyed. I'm saying if you're saved, you don't have to worry about all this. You say, well, I don't have to pay a price for my sin because Jesus paid it all. That's why I say if you're saved, you don't have to worry about it. You just paid the price for your sin. But there are people here who have not accepted the Lord. Therefore, a curse consumes the earth. You say, well, why is this I'm saying I'm saved. Why is this happening? Because you're on the earth, you're down here with everybody else, I'm down here with everybody else. We have to go to certain things just like everybody else. He lets his sun shine on the evil and the good, and it rains on the just and the unjust. So we're down here living on this planet. So when God gets, I guess when God starts to stuff people, they're gonna they have to suffer. But the good thing is, 
God has our back. In famine, saints will never be hungry. We're walking around without fear. We're not, we're not shaking our boots about what's coming next. We may not know what's coming next, but we're not scared. Now, part two of that answer about, about the why should we give God glory and why should we be glad? This is also from Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 22 to 26 from the NIV. Most people know this. Because, the, because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed, for his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I'll wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hope within him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. So the Lord is your portion. If you're making me a portion, and you wait for him, you have nothing to worry about. It says, it's good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Yes, it is. So even though God has destroyed Jerusalem at this time, it's still good. you still got to put your hope back to the Lord. So even though there's all this stuff is going on, we have to turn to the Lord. And that's what kind of scares me about this. You know, um, I thank God for essential workers and for the first responders and for people who are putting their life on the line. But what scared me about it is we're taking too much credit. Meaning that we're saying, oh, we're heroes, we're tough, we can do anything. And that kind of talk angers the Lord in a way because you're putting all the glory to you and you're not giving any glory to Him. If you're making it through, God's giving you the strength to do it. You got to know where that strength and that resilience is coming from. And if you don't give God the glory for it, and you say, oh, all because of me and my skills and what I can do. If a lot of people keep saying that, God's going to say, well, you're ignoring me again. Here we go again. That's why there's a curse on the earth. You're ignoring me again. You're lifting yourself up in pride and you're being too happy about yourself. If you don't give me the glory because I'm the one that's keeping you, I'm the one that's allowing you not to get this virus, I'm the one that's allowing you not to get sick and die, I'm the one that's allowing you to do your work and to do it good. But there's too much of I, 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 look what we did. And that's why so many things are coming out now. Just heard yesterday, now, now, through Asia again, there's a, what they call them, murder hornets. There's these big two-inch bees that are killing the honeybees. And they're killing the wasps. Now, we need bees to pollinate the food we eat. And if they're knocking off the bees, how we gonna, that's going to lead to famine eventually. So, so this is ridiculous now. And on the West Coast, they found, I think, two of these so far. But once they start multiplying, who knows what's going to happen? These bees are big, they're gigantic, they're two inches long, they got a big wingspan, and <laughs> they're killing the bees. And because God is so good, I heard that. The way, the way the honeybees are fighting back is when these murder hornets enter the nest, they're making it so hot in there that the heat kills them. Now, if that's true, that's a good defense mechanism. 
Only God could do something like that. But but you know, the, the point is, every time we turn around, if man keeps lifting himself up, God's going to pull something else out the bag. He's going to let something else happen. He has Satan on a leash. He lets Satan go for a little while, then he hangs the leash back and says, okay, that's enough. But if we keep going against God, he's going to let Satan get more slack and more slack and more slack. And then before we know, people who don't turn to God, let's put it that way, people who don't turn to God are going to be sorry. There's going to be more things coming out. Now, here's a note. Because of his great love, the people on this planet are not consumed. Not just Israel. So even though this Lamentations is the book after Jeremiah, and you say, well, Jerusalem got destroyed because Israel was bad. It's not going to happen to us. Oh, no. Why was God angry with them in the first place? Sin, consisting of worshiping idols, sexual immorality, and not obeying the commandments, etc. Now, do we honestly think that these sins don't exist in the world now? If he didn't like it then, he doesn't like it now. And no, please don't think that just because Jesus came and died, his blood has made sin into just a little mistake. And sin only deserves a little slap on the wrist now. No. Excuse me. Psalms 115 and 3 from the NIV says, Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. That's right. So God is going to do what pleases him. We can't just take it upon ourselves and think that he's going to make them do what we want them to do. No, he does what pleases him. Now he has something to definitely keep in mind and understand. This is Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 7 to 10 from the NIV. This is God talking. If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if that nation I warn repents of his evil, <clears throat> then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I have planned. And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. Hmm. Uh, it can't be denied. America is a beautiful country with its landscapes and mountains and all the wonderful scenery. But who knows? The Lord may have wanted to give us more. More beauty. And now, as the country as a whole moves further away from God, the second part of this verse becomes more evident. For the United States to be only 243 years old since independence going on 244 this July. For us to be only 243 years old and this stink and this wicked, wicked, well, it stinks in God's nostrils. You may say, but no, he's a loving God. Sure he is. But have you ever heard this? Now, this New Testament, this Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. NLT. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. 
sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. Now, notice he said the wrath of God is coming, which means the end yeah, yeah. It's present tense, is coming. So don't go around saying God isn't angry at anybody. The, the one say that the earth didn't store off a judgment for ungodly people, the wrath of God is coming. So yeah, he's he's gonna get quite angry one more time. And to further that, <clears throat> here's Isaiah 45 and 7 from the NIV. God says this. I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. So, we got to stop thinking God is one or the other. It's quite obvious he's both. I'll read that again. Isaiah 45 and 7 from the NIV. I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. Here's another one. Now, this one I said already. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 38. From the NIV. Is it not from the mouth of the Most High that both calamities and good things come? He said that himself. Malachi 3. 6a from the NIV. I, the Lord, do not change. In Hebrews 13 and 8 from the NIV, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Now, I read all those scriptures real quick to show you the nature of God. He's telling us what to do. Put to death, in Colossians, he says, put to death. Therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Now, most saints do not do this, thank the Lord for that. But he's letting you know, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. So don't get involved in it if you say you're saved. And if you're not saved, get away from it. Put it to death. He said, put it to death. Kill it. <clears throat> Well, I can't kill it. If you have the Holy Spirit, you can help. He'll help you. He'll help you kill it. It's not it. It's a he. He'll help you kill it. <clears throat> and then he goes on Isaiah to say, I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. See, everything belongs to God. Everything. And he can make anything happen when he wants it to happen. You know, why did God let those bees come to the United States? This is all part of prophecy. A lot of things are going to happen now. He said, where in the Bible can I find that bees are coming to America? Well, America itself is not in the Bible. You can't, you can't open scripture and say, and see the word America in the United States. It wasn't even made yet. But the bottom line is what I said in Isaiah 24. There's a curse on the earth. So things are going to come. And I wanted to say it's not from the mouth of the most high of climbers and good things come. I said that a lot today. Malachi, I, the Lord, do not change. So if it doesn't change, 
the way he was then is the way he is now. If he doesn't, if he didn't like sin then, he doesn't like sin now. It's not too hard to understand. So it's time for the argument over. Is God angry or is he all loving? It's time for that argument to stop. Like I already said, you know he doesn't have to be one or the other. He can be both. Psalm 711 states, God is a just judge. He's angry with the wicked every day. That hasn't changed. That's Psalm 7 and 11. God is a just judge. He's angry with the wicked every day. And then Ephesians chapter 3, verses 18 and 19. This is Paul's praying, Paul's prayer for us. And he's saying, may you have the power to understand, saints, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. To God be the glory. He has everything covered. Everything. He knows how to preserve the righteous and the ungodly until the day of the Lord. Another question you might ask. Why should God get my affection and glory, as you call it? Well, Psalms 46, 1 and Psalms 46, verse 10. The NIV says, <clears throat> verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength ever-present help and trouble. Verse 10 says, He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. We didn't see nothing yet. He says, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Right now, people are ignoring God for the most part of the whole. People are ignoring God and doing their own thing. They're saying, we did this. If anything good happens, we did it. We're tough Americans. We did it. We did this. But God's still saying he's going to get the glory of everything. Now, Isaiah 41 and 10 from NIV says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's right. So do not fear, for I am with you. So if you see saints and they seem like they're calm and you don't understand why they're so calm at a time like this, it's because they have put their trust in the Lord. And that's what they believe in. He said, do not fear, for I am with you. And that, that's the encouragement we need every day. Even the saints of God need to hear that or to read something like that every day. We have like compassions just like anybody else. We get angry, we get sad, we, you know, we, <clears throat> we get angry, we're sad, and we may get a little depressed, and, but nevertheless, we we have an anchor, which is in Jesus Christ, that nobody can take away from us. Nobody. So if we have confidence, it's because we trust in the Lord, and believe the Lord for who He is and what He can and will do. Now I want to read Psalm 91 to close. 
I should have just written, but excuse me a second here. I did want to read from the LT, but I want to read from the NIV. <clears throat> Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the foulest snare of the hunter. He will save you from the foulest snare from the death, deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart, his old defensive wall. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand. That's what's happening now. <clears throat> but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. That's what we've been talking about. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. But he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and on the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for your knowledge of my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So if you ever want to know why, saints seem to not be worried and they're smiling and they're not, they don't seem to be worried about this and they're going about their business. That's why we've made the Lord our habitation. And he said he's going to rescue us and protect us. And that's just what he's doing right now. So stay encouraged that this is why God deserves the glory. Right now, man's taking all the credit. Anytime something good happens, he's taking the credit. But just remember one thing. It's good to have confidence. <clears throat> just, give the, just give the glory to God. If you're doing a good job, just say it's because of the Lord's hand I'm able to do this. It's because of the Lord's mercies I'm able to do this. It's because of the Lord being so good I'm able to give the person the right medicine. I'm able to, to um, <clears throat> not catch this virus. I'm able to not transmit it or have it transmitted to me. God has protected me, you know, I'm around this thing uh, so many hours in a day. If we give God the glory, he'll do something for us. But if we keep taking all the credit, we don't know what's coming down the road. Because remember, this is, this is tornado season, May. And next month is hurricane season. So the weather is already talking, but can't people aren't, the media isn't really covering too much about the weather because they're too busy with the virus. 
and they're not even talking about the election, thank goodness, because we're too busy with the virus. Some days are more important than others, but we should not know the weather because that's also part of this last, last day prophecies. So, stay encouraged with the Lord. I don't say this prayer. Lord God, there's so many people that don't know you and are pardoned of their sins. We pray, Lord God, that it's taken some souls, opens some people's eyes, that they want to come into the knowledge of you. People are scared, they don't know which way to turn. They look at the science to get them the answer, but science doesn't have the answer. 3,000 year old plus prophecies that come in the past. The prophecies that Jesus said almost 2,000 years ago come in the past. We don't understand that. We keep denying it and saying, no, it's not that, it's not that, it's not that. But yes, it is. And Lord, Lord, we thank you. Let's not deny it anymore. Ask Jesus to come into your heart if you don't know him. And ask Jesus to lead you in the right direction. God should be right where to go to walk right. <clears throat> don't think you have everything. As soon as you get Jesus, don't think all your problems are going to go away. But He's going to definitely keep you and have a protector. Well, God, we thank and praise you for who you're going to bring it to the fold. We thank and praise you, but the saints get stronger and stronger during this time. And keep our minds still on you in Jesus' name. With faith. Lord, we need you and can't do anything without you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Give God the glory.